Current FM, what's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? My mic's not even on. <laughs> All right, uh, your mic's not on there. Mr. Professional over here, as always. Uh, how's everybody doing? <coughs> good grief. Man, it's rough. I hope everybody's doing good because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that I want people to know about. Uh, tomorrow's a big day for King and Countries tomorrow. Yes, they are. You see, dude, I know it's rough, man. The, the, the pollen, the allergies, the sheesh. You say, yes. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Ezekiel's going to be joining me more on the show because we had to a lot of stuff to talk about with life in general, uh, you know, with growth, development. Family, parenting, being a kid growing up, you're 19 years old. Uh, I'm getting old. <laughs> bro, please don't do that again. That's, that, you, you are so far away from that privilege to even say that. I mean, uh, oh, we have some good news. We are now on Apple. What did it say? How do you say it? Apple, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Yeah, I like that. You just set it up. I don't know. Isn't that funny? I'll just do stuff and be like, how do you guys not know it? Dude, you just did it. Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, I can't say what that happens. But yeah, it's 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 interesting because we're on all of these different apps now. Uh, we still need you to subscribe to our, our YouTube channel. Now listen, I know I'm asking for a favor. First of all, I want to say something to everybody. That, that, you know what a lot of people say to me? Like, Duke, you know, it seems like you guys are always going through a hard time. You always need support. You always need help. And then they're like, why don't you just quit? And I'm like, why don't you quit your job? You know what I mean? Why don't you? This is what I want to just tell people. Do you want me to quit? you want me to quit after 20 years of work? you want me to just quit? Why don't you quit your job and then tell me how that works out for you? you know? Or maybe every time something gets a little difficult, you don't just, you know, throw on the towel. And it's like, maybe that's why America is falling apart the way it is. Because when things get hard. But don't you understand that it's what comes against you that makes you stronger? Now, I mean, I know people will say things like, uh, what is it? Uh, but you always need help. Guys, what ministry do you know that doesn't need help? Do you know any ministries? You've been on the planet for 19 years. I some ministries don't say they need help. They just act like they have it all put together. Right. And then they connect with us, and we, we get behind the scene and find out it's a nightmare. Find out they're going through. Find out it's not easy. Find out it's hard. Guys, this ministry thing, especially if you do it full time, you know, a lot of people can have a job behind the scene, and then, you know. Or they'll say they're using your money for. But, but they're really used to living off of oh my gosh that happened Buying to us jets. yeah no it actually happened to us we were donating we were donating twelve hundred dollars a month or what we were we were paying the rent somebody was renting you guys an apartment and oh. we were paying the rent remember what I oh, yeah. Yeah. we, we yeah. were we, they were renting it was a pastor they were we were renting the, the apartment and we were paying the rent and he was using the money to pay for the church and then got an eviction notice yeah. Yeah. So this is the type of stuff. It's like, you know, I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. 
I get it. You know, ministry's hard. It, it, it's it's absolutely hard. Uh, what I'll say though, what I'll say though is that if we stick together and like for one, and I'm not, and I'm not bragging on ourselves. This is different about us. What's different about us is we're we're creating things that you guys already buy. We're just making sure we dedicate it to the Lord because we're trying to create faith-based culture. Like there's a guy named Dr. Dre who uh, who's a rapper in the secular world. Well, growing up, I hated the fact that his organization was called Death Row. All right. And out of the blue, God gives me this vision to create Life Row. <laughs> Now, only certain people in the hip-hop community can understand this. We're going to be a professional again. You know, uh, and <clears throat> interesting enough, interesting enough, it's so weird because they're actually doing, well, Ezekiel's wearing one right now, uh, Life Row shirts. Uh, it's hilarious how... how People will be wearing the death row shirt. I want to take a picture with them. Like, hey man, I think it'd be kind of cool you wearing the death row. I don't think it's really cool, but uh, guess what happens? They're embarrassed. They're embarrassed. Like, oh man, I feel like I'm embarrassed wearing that shit. Like, man, come on, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're bold enough to talk about death until you come into someone who's bold enough to talk about life. Until you connect with somebody who's going to be talking about life. I and I'm like. If you're wearing something that you're ashamed of, should you be wearing it? You know what I mean? That, that and that that's what I'm saying. It's so weird to see how people are not as confident as they say they are in the the foolish things of the world. You know what I mean? Uh and I, I don't know, I just always found that fascinating. It's like, where's your confidence? You know, I noticed that like bad guys will do something stupid, like break into someone's house or talk junk to police and then immediately become the victim. Have you noticed that? Yes. You should notice that you've done it too. You're a kid. So do you think it's human nature? Um, yeah, no, I think it's just worried, worried about getting in trouble. So you just go straight to play the victim. So that's human nature. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Did I, did I teach you how to do that? I, yeah, no, no. So then that means that, that's got to be human nature. If, if you just came with ready-made evil. Yeah. I feel like it could be human nature and a choice. Right. Like if I did a crime and instead of playing the victim, just admitting I did the crime. Why do you think it's so hard? Because your first answer is going to be probably to lie. Oh, I mean, being that that's what happened with Adam and Eve. Yeah. yeah. So you think, you think, okay, I know that one time you said it, that everybody lies. Like, what's the big deal? Talk to me about that a little bit. Um, I only said that because we're all human and I don't know. Because I bet you there are some people out there that can tell the truth. But I guess then I don't know. I just the people that I'm around, they lie. 
so right. I'm so used to saying everybody, everybody dies. So you're surrounded by liars. Sometimes I would be. Yes, yeah, yeah. the main people you're around are your sisters. Yeah. All right, man. All right. You're in so much trouble. I'm like, so you just called us liars on radio. You just. All right. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get it. I, I right. And and but why do you lie though? Uh, when you know you're gonna get in trouble I for it. I lie when I get under pressure. Ooh, you know the scripture says there's no place in heaven for cowards, right? Yeah. So. As my son, what do you got to do to overcome this habit of lying when you're under pressure? Um, probably just, even though it's not, it is pressure, yeah, it's just it's not just pressure. It's the bad energy that comes with when you get in trouble and when you get caught. You know, like this burst of bad energy, and then you yeah. know. <laughs> coming from yourself or coming from me? Yourself. Oh, dude, it's because it's lying. Yeah. That, that's, and, then, and then you got to cover up another lie to cover up the lie you just did. Said. Folks, is it, no, we're getting somewhere. Isn't this what we It's a never ending story. It's a never ending story. Fiction, yeah. fiction, fiction alert, fiction alert. I'm in lying mode. So, what do you, what do you think people got to do to be brave enough to tell the truth? Especially when the outcome is going to be the same, right? Um, well, just think about the consequences that God's going to give you. Not even your parents. Right. Because God, God's going to give you worse consequences than your parents. I noticed that when, when I do something wrong and I get away with it, I'm terrified. Because I'm like, oh man, that means that something big is coming. Like a missed opportunity or something big's coming uh, when, when I do something wrong. Yeah. It's never not happened. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, It happens like but this has been your entire life that that this has been a thing like with the so let me tell everybody the rotisserie story so a long day at work dad ate all the whatever that's not true story. here's the truth so long day at work i come home i go i come home and i i'm thinking about this rotisserie chicken that i know that we're going to eat and enjoy and it's going to be so wonderful and I'm so excited to eat it. And I go open the refrigerator, and there is a naked rotisserie chicken in my refrigerator. My well, then I then I go to my uh, go to the living room. Like, who ate the skin off of the chicken? And Hope's there, looking like you know a nightmare. Her hair is all frizzy, and is in the, you know, I don't know if you guys have kids or not out there, but could grief their hair can get crazy. Uh, and Ezekiel standing there with chicken meat in, in the corner of his lip and he points at Faith and says, she did it. You know what I mean? It was, like, first of all, not everybody knows that that was adorable. You know, like, hands down. That was like, all right. Was it cute? Yes. But then I was like, dude, I, I mean, remember I went nuts? Yeah. I went nuts. And I was so angry. And someone goes, dude, these are kids. And I'm like, no, that's a lie. Like, this is the first time my son has ever lied to me. I was devastated. And I, I, 
as a father, I never forgot the first time my son ever lied to me. But I saw him with his eyeballs all popping wide. And he was just like, man, is there any way I can get a murder? It's almost like you lied, but you also knew that mercy was available. Yeah. You know, uh, but you were like, man, like, I'm, it was bigger than I'm sorry. Like, you saw yourself. I think you were like five. You know what I mean? It was it was so weird, uh, but I don't know. I don't. I, I'd love to hear from you guys out there. Why do you guys lie? Uh, what 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 is what is that pressure that causes people to lie out there? I'd love to hear from you guys and know what you guys think. Uh, today's going to be an interesting show. We got we are meeting uh, uh, Julie. Elias, Elias, I want to say her name right. I'm going to destroy her name. It's Julie Elias and uh, John Forstick. Uh, they're going to be joining us. But yeah, I, I think it's so interesting that people feel pressure and then go, I, the only way out of this is I need to lie. You know what I mean? Uh, they're not saying, hey, this is, you know, this is an opportunity for me to just be honest or clear the air or tell the truth. It's like, I'm not getting in trouble for this. If, if I can get away with this, I'm gonna tell a lie. Actually, actually, I'm not that know much about the court system, but in the court, they actually say if you tell the truth, you possibly could get less time. Yeah, well, it also depends on what crime you do. But. Right, right. But the truth, <laughs> the truth does have benefits. Yes, though. the truth does have benefits. So that's why I don't, I don't know where this whole I'm not gonna snitch thing came from. Well. <laughs> See, I know the scripture talks about not being false witness. What, what they're saying is, you don't say anything at all. Yeah, that's that's dangerous. That's in my generation. Yeah, <laughs> those guys. But hip hop's not yeah. okay. So watch this. I know there's people that don't even want to use the word hip hop because of uh, there's people that don't want to use the word hip hop because of its relationship to. The religion hip hop. In case you guys don't know, hip hop actually is a religion, uh, much like yoga. And then people use the yoga as now. This is where it gets dangerous is because once you start giving credit to other gods and uh, things like that, it's very, very dangerous. Uh, I, you know, I tell people, look, if you want to pursue something profound and deep, just pursue the word of God and stay focused on that. But there's nothing wrong with, you know hip-hop and all of that other stuff i think the the i think the issue is when uh we get into the culture of things does the culture of what we're listening to line up to god uh and his will um and that's what's that's what's extremely extremely important uh is knowing when we are lining up to the will and word of god and then i think a lot of times this is where we we mess up with creativity is because we don't, you know, we're so afraid to step outside of, you know, the, the tradition. Cause we're like, when do, when have we gone too far? You know what I mean? Uh, when, when have we gone too far and when is it too much? And, and I think this is what gets us in a lot of trouble where we don't pursue the modern culture. Cause we're just like, Oh, I don't want to offend God, but it's like, man, I don't think we're offending God because we, 
you know, challenge ourselves and went to a, you know, a, you know, I don't, I don't think that's offending God. I think, I think fear offends God. I think we have wise counsel to talk to, you know, we got wise counsel like John Forstick. Hey, hey, how you doing, dude? Like, we got wise. I was just talking to him, uh, talking to Ezekiel, my son, about you know, you know, you know, knowing when you've gone too far as an artist, as a musician. I know uh, Easter was just here, and there were a lot of controversy about some of the choices that artists made as far as like yeah. their presentation, and uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, you know. You know, I'm happy that people are trying, but I guess, you know, I do believe in wise counsel, but uh, I think sometimes we got to just make sure the culture lines up to the word of God. But uh, I just get real nervous about putting limitations on what God can do. And, you know, I'm like, God can't use hip hop. He can't use metal. He can't <laughs> use, you know, yeah, it's like if God wants to use a Smurf or a, a, yeah. a unicorn, yeah, yeah. like like, dude, you're talking about the creator. So I get real nervous. Man, word on the street is you got a treat for us. Absolutely. Today is is special. So there's an, an artist that just dropped a full 16-song album. Um, so she's she's on tour. She's worked with a ton of great people on this album as well. And so I think I'm on this album, right? This is the album I'm on, you should right? you should be. You should have been treading some guitar lines alongside Dave Cleveland or something on this one. And and so she is just a phenomenal artist. Um, her name is Julia Elias, and she just dropped her new album called The Dreamer. Wow. Wow. Hi. Yes. Hello. How you doing? Hi. I was, I was watching you backstage. I was trying to catch you, like, dozing off or something. No. I was like, y'all get you up there. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, give, she... me, give me an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And, you know, Pastor, I do have to say, um, you know, your spoken word track for the album, you know, it's uh, it's the bonus. The bonus. There you go. There you go. <laughs> right up there. All oh, me. No, but, I, but, John, so how did you guys connect? So Julie and I have connected through a mutual friend that is involved in probably every area of business known to man. I don't think there's something that he's not involved in. And so we started, we started getting connected on just a whole bunch of different things. And so then it was like, there's this thing every year called the experience conference at Disney. And I think that's where we like really like solidified our friendship. And I was like, Oh, she's cool. Oh, and she can sing. Oh, and she's an artist. Oh, and she tours. And, and, and so like, it, it just kept, kept spiraling. And then, Last year, she performed at the Experience Conference as well. And did you do a song that was coming on the album? You did an original. Yeah, actually, that uh, was yeah. um, that was the very first time I did any of these new songs live. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 1,500 worship leaders who, you know, all have opinions. So that was a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. <laughs> but it went over yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I remember I hearing it. that, and I was like, that's cool. And then... Julie's flown to sing with me in Miami and some other things as well. And so it's like just seeing what she does, her heart for God, how she is always involved in something, but she never needs the credit for it, which is really cool to see, especially in our current culture. It's like, how can I serve well? How can I serve God? And so another big like point of impact where it's like, okay, she's the real deal was when we had a women's conference at Liberty with all of the, I'm talking like not, we're talking 
college age student girls that deal with identity crisis to the max. And we had Julie come in, talk through all of what God has called you to do, talk through your identity, talk through, you know, music, artists, worship leaders, all of that kind of stuff. And I'll let you talk about that, Julie, because I remember that was a highlight experience for every girl that was at Liberty that attended that. Yeah, no, that was um, that was really, really special. And what was what was so funny about that is that was literally like right before COVID. And, you know, going into that, that was sort of one of the most normal, like last normal things that, that I was a part of. And I'm sure for the for the girls that were there, it was the same thing. And, you know, I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do that before the world changed. And, you know, it was really cool. I do a lot of ministry for, for teenage girls. And that was actually my first time doing anything for, for college age girls. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little intimidated because, you know, high school girls, they're sometimes a little bit heads in the clouds, but college girls like like. They have things figured out, you know, and um, what, what I realized was um, I, I've always thought it's important to be very transparent and honest. And I feel like that was not only welcomed by the college girls, maybe even a little more, but it was embraced. And I felt like we had a very good time of connection. We talked a lot about comparison because um, really and truly, I mean, if you're if you're going to the worship ministry, it's ministry. But let's be real. It's still, it's still a performance in a lot of ways. And you're going to have those, those questions of, well, that girl is better than me. That girl's prettier than me. She sings better. Than me. And, you know, talking about how, how you get past that, because at the end of the day, if you have a platform, it's not because the other girls think you're cool. It's because God gave you a platform. So we had a whole discussion about that and we did a bunch of worship and it was, it was really special. And um, Dr. Dr. Mueller, the Dean over there at the school of music, he was just so supportive of that. The previous Dean, Dr. Vernon Whaley, um, they've just been so supportive of, of me. And it was a, it was awesome to be a part of that for the girls there at Liberty. And I hope, hope we get to do it again. Yeah, I, I, I got it. Like, wow, you just opened up a tan. <laughs> like, like, really? Because it's like, comp- yeah, I always, I, I asked uh, Matthew West a, the question, like, hey, how do you, you know, make sure you're keeping the focus on staying on, like, focus on helping people get through difficult times, staying focused on God? How does it not become about where am I charting? Where am I? He was like, bro, you can't. It's also this other side that is very, very real. You know, I, I do know the scripture talks about forsake not the gift of administration, which that is a very big part of his administration. But as an artist, you just want to create and connect. And, 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 and but this, 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 this idea, especially in America where music is so competitive, uh, do, do you guys, as a worship leader, though, and I know there's the, the competition with each other that you might have. But is there a competition with the secular world? Like, why are they selling this many albums? Does that happen as well? Um, John, you can breathe into that a little bit too, because I know you, you've dabbled. <laughs> you've dabbled. Oh, John, yeah. he will. He's um, like, I'm dabbling in on that. Uh, but I know, uh, you know, for me, def- definitely, because I mean, I have friends that I grew up. I grew up in a very small town in northern Nevada. You know. 400 kids in the whole high school, that sort of thing. And I was the only one in my year that even went to church. And so most of my friends were non-churchgoers, non-believers. And and that to, to, to kind of take that, I think one thing that helped me with was kind of knowing how to connect with that audience, knowing how to be a Christian but not be a Bible thumper. But on the flip side, even to this day, like there's some people that I consider friends that won't listen to the music because they don't listen to church music. Does that make what? sense? With- John, what's happening right now? Are you, is this for real? 
I, I, I told you she was great. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and so it, it, it really does come to your genuine love for the Lord. And so if, if you truly love God, you can't love God and then not love the people he's told, called us to love. And so mm-hmm. when we see that, I mean, we, we deal with this inside the church world. We deal with this when we get coffee. I mean, it's like there, I don't think I've ever spent a day in my life, even if I'm sick, like I have to get out of the house. So it's like, I don't think I've ever spent a day in my life where it's like, I haven't encountered a person. And it's like, if God has said, we're all made in his image, if God has called us to love people like he's loved us, there's so many things that God has forgiven us over. There's so many crimes that we've committed against him that I think that there's, there's no way we couldn't love others to the point of like the love of Jesus wrapped so inside of our souls where it's like, I want to impact that person. I want to buy him a coffee. I want to tell them who our God is. I want, and if they reject us, who cares? We're doing the right thing with integrity despite how they treat us. Well, I know in Duke Duke three sixteen it says you can fuss out people that cut you off on the road though. Right? Uh, you, you you can't you can like just do a little, well, you know what I mean. You can follow yeah. them, you know. I mean? you know, you you know please them. please do not listen to that, folks. Please, do not, I don't know how people read their words. There is no thing in your car. <laughs> That's hilarious. But but so now I mean I'm so glad you brought this 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 the challenges that that do exist. But but I, I'd love to know where, where do you go within your writing within yourself? Because uh, obviously all this challenge you're you're picking and choosing what words you're going to say. You're picking and choosing what sound you're going to use. Uh, how do you how do you just calm everything down and get to that place? That's a great question. Um, I know I know. for me, if I sit down to write a song, there's no song that's coming. Like I get the idea for a song if I'm driving in heavy traffic and I get out my phone and make a voice memo. I'm like, oh, blah, blah, here's a melody or here's an idea. And yeah. that's when these things are birthed just out of, out of real life. And then, you know, you come up with so many ideas. I don't know, you maybe explore half of them and you end up using a quarter of them, you know, to, to with like an actual song. And for me, I mean, little things, little things just, just pop up and, and make me think of a song. I was looking at um, an old picture of uh, myself long time ago, a long time ago. Um, I went to one of those marine parks and I was picked out of the crowd to pet the orca whale, which now you can't do because, you know, they're worried it'll eat you. But um, right. back in the day, we didn't care about these things. And um, <laughs> so, right, so um, I remember that body. moment of getting pet that orca whale, that was when I decided I want to be a marine biologist. And that lasted about a year. And then I was on to the next thing. And then I was on to the next thing after that. And to kind of birthed this whole idea of of myself when I was younger and all these dreams that I had. And, um, you know, fast forward to a couple years now where I still have big dreams, but now they're more realistic. And I think that hurts even more when they don't come through. Um, you know, you're, you're comparing yourself again to everybody around you feeling like you're having all the things you want, all the success in the world while all you have left is your dreams. But, um, I've come to realize that's not necessarily a bad thing because you can change your mind every day. You can change what you hope for, but God still loves you. Even when the world feels like it's moved on and left you behind, God still loves you. And that was the inspiration actually for the whole, the whole album, especially the title song of, of the dreamer is that just be you just be who God created you to be because he loves that person. And if you're here, he has a reason for it. 
you know, you know, it's interesting the, the amount of people I know that, you know, life happens and they throw away their dreams because that seems like the more logical thing to do. That's always the more logical thing to do is to throw away your dreams. And I always, especially in the creative, especially artists, because yeah. uh, it's like, oh, I'm too old to be a musician now, or I'm too, uh, you know, it's too late for me. My style of music's too outdated. John, I'd love to hear from you. What, what do you have to say about that from an art perspective? Because I, I know there's the business side of what's marketable and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but can you speak to that along, especially, and, and how does that affect faith-based music? Is there a look that you have to have? Is there a, you know, like, what, what's the deal with that? I would, I would say in all of that, everybody is so sick of being sold to. I feel like every time we pull up social media, it's ad, 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 it's and it's, it's like, inside of that people want to see the realness the authenticity and the authenticity doesn't come with you know a fashion style or it doesn't come with an age demographic or it doesn't come with a hairstyle it's like authenticity comes from that's good for God me <laughs> that works that works i can't even it's try like, yeah it's like authenticity comes from who god created you to be and in some of the greatest art that we see it's like People aren't trying to do something that people are going to like, okay, if I create this, then this demographic and like, yeah, there's a lot of a market analysis on things. Don't get me wrong, but it's like what mostly will get wings is when people say that's real. I mm-hmm. want to support that. I want to support that person. And then normally then the marketing comes in. It's like, okay, now this is real. How do we take this to the masses? But there's, there's no such thing as, an age demographic when it comes to authenticity and what people are craving for and so inside that too it's like on i I was i was uh, looking at julie's project the dreamer so i saw that she dropped a single a couple weeks back and then i was looking at this and i'm like okay 16 songs okay i i want you to walk me through because we live in a single world where it's one song two weeks later another like artists can barely focus two weeks on one song so how did how did you in in what god has put inside you and and all of that you have wrapped inside of this project, i know how did you come to she just told us yeah. she just told us she holds up traffic that's what she does <laughs> she just said oh. i get out the car there's, there's a 16 people that lost their job because they, they, were, they got and stuck then, behind you- her to write a song and then you have peace with people like Pastor Duke that in all his Christian road rage comes after you in the car. So that was me. It inspires you. Got it. Inspires you. Got it. It's true. Touche. Touche. I got to hear this. 16 songs. Mm-hmm. Especially with artists and those listening and other church things. It's like they're doing singles at a time. I know you're on tour. Did that inspire you to like people need more music to listen to? Or, or how did you come to that, like, let's do let's do a full album? That sounds yeah. killer, by the way. Well, so um, uh, previously, before this album, you know, it had been a few years since I had released anything. And um, on, to be honest, when COVID happened, I truly wondered if I was going to be singing anymore. Like, I'm an indie artist. And, you know, if you're not building your own momentum, that working for yourself every single day, it's really easy to just disappear. And so for, you know, a year and a half where every 
every venue to sing music was closed, I truly wondered if that was going to happen. And then just how God works. Um, as soon as we were coming out of COVID in, in June of 2021, I got a phone call um, asking if I wanted to go on tour with a Christian comedian named Shonda Pierce. And I said, what? Like, say what? She's a comedian. Like, I'm not, I'm not really that funny. I can't remember jokes to save my life. I'm like, oh no, we don't want you to do humor. We want you to sing. I was like, oh, okay. Now, now we're talking. So, um, yeah, so I went out on tour with her and in all the years I've been doing this, that's, um, the first time that I've done the whole tour bus routine. And in the last year and a half, we did over 90 cities and, on the road is where I just got such a rush of inspiration. And I think being with people every night, listening to them comment on my songs and hearing what they liked, what God spoke to them, it just totally inspired me to be like, you know what? I have so much more I wanna say. And God has put so much in my heart and in my life and my testimony these last few years that I feel like it's time to make another album. And um, hence the 16 song uh, playlist, because there was so much I wanted to say. Um, there's a lot of original songs that I wrote. Um, there's, I think, 11 of them that I wrote uh, myself. And then there's some covers. Um, I covered one of my favorite songs, Goodness of God, which you know I heard before the pandemic and throughout the whole COVID lockdown and everything, I just listened to that song for so many, so many different purposes. And that song works anywhere. I've heard it in church services, yeah. heard it yep. in funerals, I've heard it in weddings, like what a great song. And I'm like, well, you know what? Why try to write something better than one of the best worship songs ever? I'm just going to put that <laughs> one on my album. And right. um, you know, it was really fun to put it together. Like the whole album has, has a journey. It starts kind of, you know, where I was when I started, just feeling a little bit lost, feeling trapped and going through those moments of, you know, God is still good. God is still there. I still need to worship him, even if it doesn't look like what it used to. And then it goes through some some turmoil where you're really wondering, God, are, are you even there through all this? And and he is. And it, and it ends up all together just um, understanding uh, the last song or the second to last song on the album is called Swan Song. And I took um, basically the imagery of of an actress on stage and um, doing theater and she knows it's the last night that she's going to perform because she's made a conscious decision that she's going to change the trajectory. There's stuff she's loved, but there's a lot she's missed out on. And she's decided that I'm sad to leave this behind, but I'm excited for something, something even better. You leave what's good for something greater sometimes. And you need God's strength to do that. And it's sort of, it's definitely an allegory for, um, all those, all those people. I mean, we all, we all know what that's like. We all know sometimes the best, the best yes is a, is a no. And we have to, we have to move on. And that's kind of how the, how the album, how the album wraps up. I'm vibing with you because I'm like, so based off what she just said, moments like these, you got to pay attention, be really in tune with these, these special moments because sometimes our perspective, even though it doesn't turn out the way we want, it can lead us into a new direction. And, you know, so what I'm gonna do, cause we make our own t-shirts. What I'm gonna do is I'm making a shirt based off what you just said, that the best yes is a no sometimes. Oh, That's okay. an awesome t-shirt. Thank you for that. I'll give you a certain percentage. Yeah, I mean, I'll send you my address. John's on the phone, I wanna make sure John, like John, yeah. I'm gonna give you like 20% for sure. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's like a co-writing session. We all right, right. There you go. What is that paid per word? <laughs> oh, come on, we're you're just a, you're a natural. Like the idea, like the we want yes so bad to be mm -hmm. totally honest, and it, and yes feels so great. And you know, as and I know in that field, 
you know, we can be attached to uh, our writing. I, I talk to the John about, about this all the time. I'd love to hear your perspective on when you write something from your heart and it's your baby and you take it to like the doctors, you take it to the producers and then they're like, we're going to take this word out. We're going to, what does that feel like to know that, well, I wrote it and said this. And like, no, we're going to use this word instead. instead or, <laughs> what does that feel like? Because I know how intimate writing is. Julie yeah. said it never happened. It's a perfect write. The first. It's <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. That's why there's 16 songs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. So I have a funny story about that. One of the songs I wrote on, on my previous album, you know, I, I, I give out the album a lot. You know, I point people to the music and um one of the ladies sent me an email and was like i just think this is so sweet it was a song called only for a while and they said it's so sweet that you wrote a song about your feelings after your mother passed away and i was like my mom didn't pass away <laughs> but that was how she interpreted the song and whoa <laughs> and it was like what's really messed up is it's kind of an upbeat song like it's kind of like do 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 do, and um, yeah, and, and I was like, well, that's that's so interesting. Well, then I found out her mother had passed away, and even though she was a little bit older, but that was her lens that she was listening to the song with, and um, that that was in a way like after you know I had a laugh and then also felt bad because you know her mom had died. Um, I, that was when I looked right. I looked back at like my writing and I said, you know, it's it's just crazy how how God can can do things with the songs you write that aren't even your intentions. Um, now, thankfully she liked the song. Um, you know, yeah. not everybody, not everybody always does. And that, and that is hard. Like back to your question, you know, it's hard when you have something that's like, this is, this is my pride and joy. And um, people aren't as excited about it as you are. But one other thing I've learned from doing this over the last, you know, 10 years or so is you will never please everybody. And, you know, if you're singing for a crowd, the majority of the people are going to like you and you can't focus on the dozen or handful of people that, that don't because you're not singing to them. You connect with yeah. them. It's weird though. It's weird because you're in the business of like having your music heard. Like, like me being a, like I want everyone to love, like I feel like I'm a shot of coffee in the morning. I want everyone to love I'll get emails where people are like, hey, man, you need to calm down. Just play some music. You really talk a lot. I'd appreciate <laughs> not hearing your voice so much. And I'm just like, well, God bless you. And then I find out where they live. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke, people. Because I'll, I'll get emails about it. He, I think he really does. I've seen this car. No, but, but, John, what, what do you say to the artist in those moments when it's like, how do you explain that to artists that comes with the ambition and the vision? It's going to, you know, and, and you yeah. say, look, hey, go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say this is you need to have your heart right before God and do what God's called you to do without apologizing to anybody. So if God has called you to do it and your heart is clean and you know that you are doing the right thing before God, it's it's funny because I normally I don't keep notes good or bad like because you get them all the time you go lead an event and you'll get emails or notes and I'm sure Julie has a stack of them too especially I know that the girls from Liberty were like ecstatic so I'm sure she has a stack of notes but it's like there's only two that I've that I've kept and it was from the exact same event that I led at and it was from a husband and a wife and so the husband's name was James the wife's name's Linda. 
the husband said, this was the worst thing I've ever heard. I can't believe you got on stage and blah, 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 and said blah, blah, blah. And, blah, and like, I mean, tore me a new one. And from his wife, the letter said, oh my goodness, the Lord couldn't have used this any better. This uplifted my spirit. You have no clue how much I need to hear those songs, how much I need to hear those words. And I can't say their last name, but it's like husband, wife, same exact set, same exact music, same exact words. One tore me to pieces. One said, you have no clue how much God uses to impact my life. And so you always are going to have people on both sides of the coin. So it's like, are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you ministering well? Are you not just taking advantage of the gift that he's giving you and be like, oh, I don't need to practice. I don't need to rehearse. It's like, are you stewarding that well? And if you are, then you need to let God minister hearts because we all we can do is say the message and say the word. We can't change anybody's heart. Only God can do that. Absolutely. Okay, so now because of he's talked about the heart and everything like that, I want to say this word to you, and I want you to tell me what comes to your mind, and, and it's, it's worship. What does that mean to you? My first impulse, you know, word association was surrender, because you have to get out of your own self. You have to get out of your head. You don't have to worship God, you know, in a sanctuary on Sunday morning. That doesn't have to be the time you limit yourself to worship. Worship can be anything. Worship can be in your car. Worship. I have I have horses, and when I go out and ride them, and it's a perfect day, and it's beautiful, and the weather's nice, and there's not a lot of wind, I just sit there and thank God for everything He's done. And I I almost treat that as a worship to to commune with this beautiful nature that that He's created, and for me to experience Him and, and realize that that's because of Him. I think when you when you focus on God in everything, when you look for him, when you're expected in your daily life, in my opinion, that's worship because you're surrendering the stuff up here. You're surrendering the stuff in your brain and you're not on your device. You are focused in the moment. And I think that is as much worship in some cases as, you know, singing five songs on Sunday morning. What is crazy is how thoughtful you are as a person. As a musician, I just totally pass you the ball and be like, music this, music that, music this. And you're like, no, you really thought about it and, you know, like, like took it, internalized it and thought about it that quick. I just saw how you write songs. You know, oh. like, I saw you write songs because that, but that is beautiful that you were able to say, hey, because most people, am I right, John? Most people would, would connect worship to music i know i yeah. asked you that before and you were like you went more in the service way but so it's kind of cool to see how like-minded you guys are but i but i think that 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 word is evolving in our hearts where we we did think that's what you, worship is what you do on sundays and i think also and i'd love to know how this affects or if it did affect you uh with, with modern christian music a lot of the older people don't see it as worship because it's upbeat. It, it, it all that sounds like the world and that sounds like this. Uh, and then as a creative, I can see how challenging that could be to say, okay, so what does worship sound like? But you took it to another level, but, but from a music perspective, I'd love to know mm. how do you, how do you free yourself from dealing with that? Like, well, this is worship. And it should sound like this because they're going to listen to this on Sundays right. or this is going to be played on a secular radio station. Like, like how does that, how does that, how do you overcome that challenge of sound? 
Yeah, no, that's um, that's that's actually a great a great question, and we could probably do a whole segment just just on that someday. <laughs> but book the date, John. Book the date. I think it's I think it's one of those things where you know when I said before about about surrender, it's getting out of yourself. So when I go into a church or when I go into an environment, I have to think who are the people that I'm trying to reach, and what do I need to do to reach them. If I go into a Southern Baptist church that's mo mostly people over 60, and I come in blaring you know electric guitars, loud synth music, they're going to be turned off. But if I come in, you know maybe that's the day we do an acoustic set. Um, I definitely am going to, you know, throw in a hymn. Like I'm going to do whatever I can to help them get out of their head, get out of their criticism and again, surrender so they can be ready to worship and ready to hear what the message has to say. Now, if I go into yeah. Liberty, I'm not going to sing, you know, Hey, Liberty students, convocation, get out the hymn book, turn to hymn number 472. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, it's a lot of thought. It's a lot of intentional of, um, praying about it knowing your audience and and coming up with the best the best thing that's going to work to bring them to jesus yeah i and and i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this word as well is is toolbox it's like with musicians and artists you have to have a toolbox and you don't need to know how to use all of those tools well so it's like the same thing with construction it's going to take multiple tools to get that house built but it's like when you go into a church setting and you start ministering to people you start thinking okay wow maybe this is a little bit different material that i'm used to working with but now you're pulling from your toolbox of okay this song will work maybe if i tell a story that would relate to them and so like on on sunday mornings it's like i'll normally lead three services same band same set list but we end up doing a different song or tag of a song mm -hmm. in every different service even though it's scheduled the same because of the people that are in the room. And so if you're truly leading worship and ministering, it's, it's like you're pulling from your toolbox of, okay, the song, do we know the song is good? Yes. Did the song work in this context? No, I need to fish in this toolbox to get something that's going to start steering these people to the cross of Christ. And so I love Julie's answer on that. Cause it's like, if we're truly called to minister to people, it's like, what tools are we using to minister actually to those people and not just what we want to sing? Right. Yeah. Now I do have to ask you this super tough question because of the fact that, you know, because of the fact that we live in this media day, how are you, how does that affect, how has the media going towards social media and everything, how has that affected your music, able to connect with people, your strategy on how you're heard, how have you made that transition? Uh, because I, I didn't make the transition well. I was like, radio, it's always radio. It's, I'm a TV and radio guy. It's got to be ready. Okay, dude, goodbye. And I was like, wait, don't leave me. You see me packing my bags. I got clothes falling out, trying to catch up. <laughs> it's a true story, true story. But, but I, I just started taking social media seriously. So I'm like telling everybody, take it seriously. How, how did you make your transition? Or, or, or did you realize it like growing up at, you know, I'm growing up in this social media world. How did how did how did you handle that? Yeah, so um, I feel like I'm still making that transition. I don't know that I've fully made it yet. Um, I don't like being on my phone and on the computer. And unfortunately, to 
really be engaged in the social media aspect, you have to be in front of a screen. And so that's definitely been an adjustment for me. I've, I've definitely asked advice for other people from other people, like, what can I do? You know, with this album, you know, it was a lot more push on getting Spotify uh, ads as Spotify playlists versus radio ads, which was, that was new for me too. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just changed so much. You know, John mentioned it before, you know, it used to be like, if you had an album, people had to buy the whole album, even if they just like one song. Now, every song has to be crafted and, and purposed in a different, in a different way. I mean, how many times I grew up, so I, I kind of am in that weird, like generational gap where like in high school, we barely had cell phones, but by the time we were in college, everyone had Facebook and social media. And so, you know, I remember going into like a Sam Goody at the mall and buying an album, right? I just shocked yeah, you. Yeah. Buying an album because I liked one song and literally the rest of the album, I don't think I liked one other song. And then you paid $18 to one song. And now, you know, you pay 0 0.01 of a penny <laughs> And you yeah. can listen to any song you want at any time. And so that 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 definitely in this album, especially, um, I think I finally learned that lesson. Every song has to have a, a very, you know, a unique story behind it. And um, not that they didn't before, but there was a lot more thought and craft, I think, that went into it this time. And it's it's different. Now, the benefit is there's so many more ways to get your music out there and so much, you know, <coughs> so many people. Like, I've heard the stuff that even the students there at Liberty come up with, like, it's so good. Like 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, what label are they with? And now it's just, you know, what computer are they using in their basement? Like, yeah. it's crazy how much content is out there and how good it is and how quality it is. So I think there's a little, there's definitely an element of like, how can I be unique even more so? But at the same time, I love it. There's so many different avenues to share music and people come up and say, oh, I heard you on you know, Deezer. And I'm like, what's a Deezer? Like, <laughs> they have a prescription for that. Like, I hope you're all right. Um, but it's just, uh, that part of it's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. like, Deezer's like, the anointing's strong on you. Thank, praise God. What language is that? It's Hebrew. Deezer. Right. Are you speaking in tongues? Like, they yeah, like oh, Google Spotify. Uh, <laughs> Well, and and I, I know I know we're talking about all the, the social media and like driving people's attention. Your artwork on this album is fantastic. Like the colors and it, like especially the dreamer, like it conveys that so well. What was your thought process in even that? So I'm I'm very much a visual person, but I'm not like I'm not like the Photoshop person. So I know the image I want. And so the, the the photographer for this album, he is also the one who did the artwork. And I sent him probably three or four different emails of inspiration. Like, this is what I want. This is what I want. And then he'd send me a couple things and we'd hone it in. Or I'd be like, okay, try this with this color palette, blah, 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 blah. And it was so, it was like, it was such a, a partnership because I didn't know how to make it the way I wanted, but I knew what I wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Communicate. As you know, John, like, Sometimes you get two people in the room and it's like the Tower of Babel. Like you can't yep. communicate at all. But other people, it's like, did we share a brain? Did we just become yep. best friends? Yep. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> wow, that's 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 cool. It, it looks great and and it sounds great. It, it's funny when you're talking about the communication aspects. And for those of you just tuning in now, we're here with Julie Elias, and she released the album called The Dreamer. And so, in talking through the process, so. You just mentioned Torah Babel, like communication. I'm so I gotta go to the musicians on this album. 
like Duke, I know you're a guitar fan. The electrics on this album sound absolutely insane. So as as a vocalist and as an artist, how did you it. communicate? How, how how did you communicate with musicians? Style, vibe, what you're going for, and artwork looks great, tracks sound good. How do you speak to that in the studio? Well, um, the the guys who played on this album, like the core guys, the drummer, guitar, bass, and keys, they have actually been the same core that has played on every single album I've ever done. And over the last 10 years, you make that relationship with people. And I felt like this was a culmination of them knowing me, you know, by this, by this album, by you know, the sixth album that I've done, knowing me, um, and that, that communication like process, it was more of a partnership. Sometimes, you know, you go into studios and you give people the charts, they play the song once or twice and then they record it. And it was so much more collaborative. And I think it's because of the relationships, you know, they, they know me, they believe in you. We're, we're all like that. When you, when you know somebody, you're going to do more to, to want to help them because, because you know them and you know their heart. And I felt like all these guys who are, you know, top level, like they, play on everything. Like one guy was just with Dolly Parton the weekend before. And, um, you know, for them to be like, how can we make this the best album for you? Again, it's that me knowing what I want when I go in, you know, there's definitely an element of preparation on my end. If I just go in like, ooh, but if I have uh, songs and like samples of like, hey, oh, this wait, is what I want. Can we go back to that? Rewind when we said um, but going in with a vision, I think, helps everybody execute it better, you know, because when they understand it. And yeah, so these guys, I mean, we did so many, so many songs, like, like I said, the 16 songs. And then um, I worked with the guy who helped with some of like the, the programming. Actually, one of the Liberty students helped me a little bit, believe it or not, with um, some of the programming on the songs. And then when I went in to do the vocals, you know, I, it was this, this older gentleman, like the nicest guy. I'd heard great things about him. You walk in and it's like, you know, his home studio, but then there's like Grammys, you know, on the shelf, like no big deal and gold records on the wall and that sort of thing. And you just go in and he's like, he's like hanging out with like your grandpa and he's just, it's relaxed. It's low key, which obviously for me as an artist, I can get a little anxious. You know, I definitely get self-conscious, especially working with new people. You know, I, I want them to be sitting there judging my vocals and that sort of thing. And there was none of that. So I think of all the albums I've ever done, this was the most free I felt in the creative process. And it was because I had such good people working around me. That's cool. That's cool. So th there's, a, there's a song on the album that's deep in the track list that's called Radiant Love. And so I have had like the demo version of that song for months because it's my daughter's favorite song and so like oh, like julie wow. came and she was cut she was cutting some in in liberty studio and so when when my daughter heard that song she was like immediately started picking it up word for word and so like i could not wait for this album to come out because i'm like her name's araya and it's like araya finally you get to hear the actual version of the song you've been singing for months and so it's it's just cool to see the process and what God has put inside your heart and it translate to like something so close, like my own daughter, she's going to be singing songs about the radiant love of God, about all the things that happen. And, and I know you have stories from the road. Is there anything within this last season that just kind of captured your heart in other people sharing into what God has put inside of your music? 
I mean, yeah, there's a, I mean, I got an email just the other day of a show. I don't even know when the show was. It must've been at least last fall. Um, and it was a lady that had said, I bought your album at this concert and went on and on about how much it meant that I talked to her daughter. And when she started talking, I remembered the conversation, but of course at first I didn't, I didn't remember, you know, what she was talking about. And but then I remembered it and she said, you know, you took a picture with my daughter and she was really, really shy. And it's probably routine for you, but it meant so much to her. Like she wow. actually had it printed up and she showed her friends at school. And to me, like, and even the story about, about Riri John is like, that means as much to me as being like, oh, I had, you know, a song chart because yeah. knowing that there's, you know, your daughter, is she five? I think she's five, right? She turned she, six. Yep. She just turned six. six. Yeah. Just knowing that there's a six-year-old girl out there it's singing about Jesus and God used me to create that song. Like that's so heartwarming. And even yeah. this, little, this little girl that just, I made her day by doing this, by smiling. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's when we've talked about at the very beginning, sometimes the best way you can show people Jesus is to just, just be kind and be who you are. And yeah. when I hear the stories of those affirmations, that, that makes me really feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I might not ever be a, a headliner. I may not ever be a household name, but that's okay. That's not, that's not why I did this. That's not I my goal. That I think I doubt that very seriously, but I, because you said this, I do, I do really want to ask you, you know, uh, because you are a human being, uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's 2023. You never know. You know, they got the aliens and stuff going on all the weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that happened on. I told you guys this show. Oh, you're on radio. You can't see, but if you're on the stream yard, you can see. Right, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I I know that everything we said sounds good, nice and spiritual. Then there's the professional side. Where? What about when? Not today. I don't wanna. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Can you guys jump on that? Uh, when really, uh, you, you said 90, 90 cities, right? And I'm like, so how many of those days was it like, I'm going to have to push through, you know? And cause the reason why is because I know seeing you on stage is fun and everything for, for young artists that want to get there. I want to destroy the idea that it's just fun and it's just easy so that they know what it really takes to go into it. But tell me about those days when it's rough and and you really need God to help you get through working for him. Right. Well, I, I do want to add, you know, even stuff that I'm saying now, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, a, I'm still learning and I have good days and I have bad days. And even some of the stuff that I've come to see now about my faith, I had to go through really hard times to get there. And even in my career, I definitely had those, those times of like, oh, if only I could sing like so-and-so, then I'd be, then I'd be popular. Then I would have success. So, I mean, I want, I want everyone to know who's listening to this. Like it's a work in progress. It's not just a, Hey, I've never had an issue. I've never had a problem. No, I have problems every day. Like I have insecurities every day. And even on the bus, on the tour bus, I knew that at any minute, like I could be replaced. Um, there's a lot of talented people out there. There's a lot of great singers um, who can, you know, I can't play instruments very well. There's a lot of people that can play and sing and, and do everything I do in way, way, way better. Um, and so I had those moments, especially I find when I get tired, 
if I'm tired, it's a lot harder to be to be positive and and see the big picture. And there were times on the bus, especially um, whenever it was the end of the weekend, we would you know we'd go out on Wednesday night, we'd meet the bus in Nashville like 11 o'clock at night, drive all night for a show, do a show in one city Thursday night, drive all night to another place, show Friday night, blah blah. blah. And you did that, and Sunday night was the last show, and Sunday was always the hardest day. Cause you're like, you're tired of being on the bus. I don't sleep good on the bus. I mean, there's something about this. Every time you hit a rumble strip that just doesn't, um, you know, it's not conducive to a good night's sleep. And I love the visual. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. There's the audio to go with And then, you know, and it is, even though you're surrounded by people, it is a little lonely because you're surrounded by people and all the people I was with was great, but they're, I mean, they're, they're best friends. I mean, they're, they're like at home, like I don't have a roommate, like I have all the space and now you have to share, you know, 200 square feet with three other, three or four other people that you don't even know very well. And it's, um, you know, you have your bunk and that's literally the only space that's yours. And then it gets cluttered and then I get anxious and stressed because the whole feng shui on the bus just doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's, it, it, it's really anxiety inducing. I had to get out of the bus every day. Um, some people could just hang out the venue. No, I had to go explore. I had to go, you know, walk around, find a coffee shop. I had to do something to kind of combat that and also refresh myself. Cause I really felt like that those negative feelings trapped in a little, in a little bus, uh, that made me, uh, not have as much joy, I guess is the best way to say it for the event. And I'm like, no, every event needs to be treated as a new event, as a standalone and I need to be, I need to be my best for every one of these things. And it was a hard, it's a lot of mind over matter. Uh, a lot of times, um, I'm not a morning person. So even, you know, doing churches on Sunday mornings, like there's times, you know, I'll stay up till two or 3 AM and I'm like, I have to get up in two wait, hours. Is there even a point? So, so wait, 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 you do realize it's the morning right now. So how this much, hard. This how hard. much, if, yeah, I was just saying, how much, are you holding back right now? Well, I'm I'm holding. He asked another question. I'm in Texas, so it was an hour earlier here. So that's how much I wanted to be on this interview. <laughs> oh. oh wow! Uh, when a morning person tells you, most morning person people like they like people who are not morning people live in denial. They're like, no, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, no, seriously. You, you got people knocked out with black eyes over there. You're not okay. You yeah. Know, but, but so, so you uh, really had to like, and this is what I want people to see is sometimes when it's something that you really want, mm. there are things that you don't want that come with it. Right. I got, I got that mindset from you. You just, the best yes is no. Sometimes I kind of yeah. piggyback off that. What do you say to that, John, when there's sometimes there's a process that you have to go through that you, you, you know, it's not just going to be like, tell me when the events here, I'll come on stage. You got oh. you, you see how your imagination. Can put that yeah. I, I, I will say this. <coughs> if, if, if God hasn't called you to music and if God hasn't called you to lead his people in worship, you should stay. It, it is the hardest working industry known to man. I mean, you're up till 2 a.m. You're on a bus, you're traveling, and all the while, you're probably working another job or producing for somebody else or trying to get into co-writes or this. And so it's like, I think the biggest thing is people see the artist on stage and they see all the lights and they see all the production and it sounds great. And they're like, I want to do that. But it's like, that's only 15 minutes. It's like you, you're, you're performing and you're singing and that's a 15-minute set or you know a 45-minute set if you're headlining. And so it's like, 
so people see that and it's like i want that and they don't realize like there's so much that goes into it oh. there's if, if god hasn't called you to it it's like right. you will get burnt out on your first oh george hit a rumble strip again and we're like and it's like (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like it's like and then you realize oh okay so now everything i did the night before it's a whole new city so you can't go off your success from yesterday because nobody saw that it's like a whole new set of people a whole new set of people who might not know who you are a whole set of where if you did the song great last night, you still got to do the same thing. And so it's like, you're singing the same sets, you're singing the same things. You're also doing side jobs. You're also working. You're also trying to meet people and shake hands. And you have to do the whole personality thing to find out who people are and, you know, make your way through. Now you're in a new space and you don't even know where the bathroom is half the time. It's like, excuse me, can you tell me where the bathroom is? And it's like, so people see the, the little glamorous thing and they think, I want to do that. But there's so much work, not to mention the years of talent and practice and piano right. lessons and voice lessons and making the right. Kid. And so in every well, step. It all came natural for me, to be totally honest. It was all just now. You just never had. It's a lie. It's a lie on Christian radio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but, but so oh. with that being said, with that being said, I, I do got to ask, because I, I think that, uh, and of course, I wasn't saying that to scare people away. I, I, I want you guys to know that. Oh, I was. I, I, was. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Because I don't want people thinking, wait, why Why are we have to do that? We have it, to it's hard. It is hard. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so I, I do want to know, because you brought something up that, that made me think about uh, when you're tired, you've just gotten off stage, and I know that people are excited. We have an audience right now, uh, and, and like, not like we don't always have an audience. I just said it like, like today we got on, <laughs> but we, we have a we have an audience, and I, I'd love people to know. Hey, you know, sometimes have some mercy if the artist doesn't come out and shake hands. You brought that up, but what what do you what do you do when you're coming off stage and everybody wants to shake hands and preach to you and share their testimony? And because I know that's it's a real intimate moment. Yeah, no, it's um that I, that's actually one of my favorite parts of the show is I love connecting with people, especially because a lot of people don't know who I am, and um you know it's always funny when I'm at my table and people look at the CD, look at my face, and say, "Oh, is, is this you?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's me." Like, were you paying attention to the show? I'm in the same outfit that I was just on stage for, but um. And so that's a little bit like that. That'll kind of cut you a little bit, like take the wind out of your sails. Like, was I that memorable? But um, for the most part, like if people are coming up to the table, it's because they like you. Something about something about your performance or your testimony that you shared, they they like. And I I love that. Like I wouldn't do what I did if I had to sit in a green room the whole time or say stay secluded mm-hmm. on a bus. Like the people is what I do this for. Like I like that live that live feedback. And to me, that's invigorating. And when I am tired, when I am feeling lonely or feeling like I'm not good enough, that I know for a fact that that's God using those people um, to to reinvigorate me and be like, that's the reason you're doing this. You're not doing this for a number on a chart. You're doing this because you reached that person. And that's actually, uh, like I said, that's that's the most um, life-giving thing um, when I'm out there doing this and, and I need a little boost. Right, right. John, what do you say that to the artists when they're when they're tired? Like you know, you know, what, you know what's because I, I I do know that some people 
<laughs> like, hey, man, not today. I, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would. I would say, I mean, it's, it's a both end. It's a uh, yes, you get tired. Yes, there's things that go on, but it's still, are you doing this for the people or are you doing this for you know charts and for money? And so it's like, I know a ton of artists that. We, we have them at Liberty too. And sometimes it's like, they can't go shake hands because they're literally hopping on a plane and going to their next event. And so it's like, they're right. on to their next thing. And so it's like, um, even, even with like people in, you know, presidential debates and candidates and stuff, it's like, okay, security reasons, we're ushering them off and they're, they're going there. But it's like, if you're on tour and you're traveling, it's like, if you just changed somebody's life and presented them the gospel and you impacted them, they're, they're going to want to tell you thanks. And I feel like giving them that opportunity to come back and shake your hand and just be like, oh, my goodness, that spoke to me. I mean, that that just makes a world of difference. And right. so it's it's always I always I tell the same thing to worship pastors. I'm like, get out of the green room and go see yep. the congregation that you just yep. told, you know, about Jesus. It's like we spend so much time in our safe little bubbles that sometimes it's time to get out of the green room and go shake some hands before and after service. Right. Yeah. Now, now I know we got to go and if you, uh, but, but I would like to know, like, you know, like with your social media, uh, do you, do you use that as an opportunity also to connect? Uh, because I know that that's a, that's one of the benefits that I got to say, I know back in the day, uh, back in my day, you know, <laughs> the mystery was like, you, if you're the artist, you don't communicate with, Right. Yeah, the, the, because that's the, the next big thing is the, the next big album, or whatever. So, you, but now this is, this generation really is about connectivity. So, what are some of the things that you do to connect with your fan base? Well, uh, one thing that's really important to me is I try. I mean, I always respond to every single comment. Um, you know, if anyone writes a comment, I personally will respond. If somebody sends me a DM, I will personally respond. And then I also try. To, uh, I try to follow up. Like sometimes, like if somebody comes to me on a DM with something really serious, I'm like, hey, email me so we can talk. You know, off of a site, we can actually email. And some of those conversations, I just feel um, are. I, I don't know. I don't want to say it makes me different because I know a lot of artists that do it, but I think it's really important because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you're 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 doing this for a reason. Otherwise, you wouldn't release music. You just make it at home. Like you're doing it for a reason. So you obviously want to know that it's it's connecting with people, but then, you know, share those human experiences. Um, I think reminding people that whatever struggles that they have, they're not alone. Um, there's yeah. somebody else who's been through that. I think that's encouraging. And like I said before, I think that's God um, using his people to show to show his his concern. Like there's uh, one thing that was really cool on social media on this album. Um, when I was uh, when I was in college, I did a study abroad in London, and I was over there. I saw the Phantom of the Opera, and that was the first show that I saw. That I saw the guy, the actor playing Phantom, and I said, "I want to learn how to do that." So I took my first voice lesson. I took my first acting lesson because of this one actor that played Phantom of the Opera. And while I was in London, you know, we saw him in other shows. He was in Les Mis and um, just kind of became a fan. Well, then when social media happened, like when that kind of got really popular, you know, he was on there. I followed him. He followed me. We kind of stayed in touch as like fan, fan friends. When I was doing this album, I said, you know, I wonder if he'd sing a song with me. And I sent him in a, a DM on social media and asked, hey, I know it's a long shot. The worst you can say is no. And he said he'd do it. 
And so the last song on the album is the song, The Prayer, that beautiful like Celine Dion ballad. And I'm singing it with the guy who was a fan of the opera who inspired me to take my first voice lesson and literally change the trajectory of my life. And he's on this album. And that is 1000% God. And had I not had social media and stayed in touch, that would have never happened. And so the social media value and connecting, you know, it does take away that, um, you know, that those platforms that we used to pretend with celebrities having, you know, it does take down that walls, but I think it's in a really good way. And I think it just fosters that connection with humans so much more. Whoa. (laughs) The amount of faith. You are so bold and courageous. It's usually... We don't, we go from, there's nothing wrong with having an inspiration, but it can easily, easily cross over into idolizing, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, but you, like, I was inspired by this. I'm going to get voice lessons. You never forgot that. You go back, this is what I mean about how, how amazingly thoughtful you are. You go back and ask the guy that inspired you to get in music to be on the album. And most, do you know how most people talk themselves? People listen to me. Please listen to me. Just stop talking yourself out of what God can do. Because, yeah. like, yeah. you just went, like, surely they would never want. I, I get it. You're a kid. Da, 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 da. I can totally see a million reasons why you would talk yourself out of trying to get this guy to be on your album, right? Mm-hmm. But, but you're like, no, this totally makes sense. Either you think a lot of yourself or you think a lot of what God can do. <laughs> and I think you think a lot of what God can do. Yeah. You operated on faith. I think that you stepped out on faith in, in a way that, you know, and it's so funny because, uh, John, you know this, like, like it seems like everyone that makes it, it's never the testimony that's easy. It's always that, like, they chose to believe it could happen. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yep. Yep. It's, it's almost like, like they have the same reasons to stop that everyone else does. Right. You know, it's like, yep. so it's yep. like, what's the difference between the independent artist, you know, uh, and the, the, the artist that never leaves their room their, or their, it's like they stepped out and, and I, I'm going to tell that story for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, which I mean, I'm old. I don't know how much time we got left. But, but, but the point is, <laughs> and there's tomorrow. Good luck, kid. Uh, but, but, but the point is, my mind is blown. First of all, you went to London. I mean, like you, you literally stepped out on faith. You had two minutes. You you flew on faith. You stepped out on faith. Flew on it. You know, please with this this these last two minutes. Could you tell some person out there who's who's dreaming right now? Uh, okay, so I promise you that was not a plug. I, I was actually in the zone. Uh, but talk to someone who's dreaming right now uh, and they're dealing with the can it happen, will it happen? They're in that abstract battle place. Mm-hmm. I mean, he- here's the thing. We all have to manage our expectations. And if I go into music saying the only way I'm successful is if I'm number one, if I'm on this tour, blah, 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 you'll be disappointed. So I think you have to know your expectations. You have to be prepared for the outcome. Do I want this enough that the risk of a no is worth the possibility of a yes? Does that make sense? And so um, honestly, every day, every day is a leap of faith. I mean, we all have all the excuses in the world to not do anything. 
but that is not how God created us to live. He didn't, he didn't want us to live afraid. He didn't, he doesn't want us to live where we're, we're timid. I mean, um, he, he didn't give us a spirit of timidity. That's, that's scripture. And we, other scripture says he has a plan for us, plans to prosper us and give us a future. And that's what you have to believe. And just because things don't turn out the way that you envisioned, the way exactly that you dreamed, doesn't mean there's not something good that can come of it. That doesn't mean that God's forgotten you and you never know what will happen. I went to London on a whim, study abroad, the night before the application was due. I, I filled it out and called my mom and dad and said, hey, I'm gonna go to London next semester. Such a win, such a leap of faith. And then and then that's what happened. My whole trajectory of my life changed. I thought I was just gonna go over there and pretend to be in a Jane Austen novel for three months. And I went over and discovered music and discovered a gift that God had given me that I had always liked, but I never thought was any good. And I went over there, learned it, developed it, came, knew about myself and and it just changed everything. And it wasn't what I expected. So if you have a dream, that dream is there for a purpose God has put in your heart. You might know, not know what it is. You might not know what comes in, but follow it. Follow it, because the worst that can happen is you get told no. But there might be so many other doors that open because of it. Jeez. That, that, that's it right there. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and, and I tell you what, I'm, I had that, those challenges myself uh, because I was like growing up, you know, you told, oh man, dude, you know, you, you got, you, of course, when I was growing up, back in my day, you had to pick a pick a group. Are you going to be the athlete? Are you going to be the musician? Are you, I, well, my problem was that I loved everyone. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was like, I loved everyone. And then uh, everyone also got all the, everyone also got all the, the cool, you know, uh, like the, the athlete, this and that. Mine was just, I love putting a smile on people's faces. I love, you know, and it was like, oh man, uh, it's like this cool, they got the cool talents. I'm just a dude that makes people laugh, you know? And the next thing I know, I think by, by the time I got out of the military, I was in radio, like in no time. And that was 20 years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was in diapers. My son was in diapers. But my point is, is that uh, I, I remember when I first started getting in the radio, I started thinking about all of the stuff that I wasn't able to do. And like, and then when the first couple phone calls that would come in and they would say how encouraged they were and how much they needed to hear that laugh and how much they, I mean, 20 years later, uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to impact people's lives. I'm meeting people like you and you know, it, it's absolutely amazing once you overcome the reason why you're going to stop. And that's what I want everybody out there to hear is it's going to be hard. It's going to be real. You know, it's like there's, it's almost like concrete evidence that you will not make it. It, it. It's that real. It's like, you know, and you have to legitimately believe beyond that because the reason to make it is just as real. It's just an issue of what you're going to execute, what you're going to believe. John, could you speak to that a lot, to that a little bit about the, that fear uh, uh oh you know, i don't even care if it's about going to college if you think you're not smart enough or whatever just i let, let's talk a little bit about that overcoming fear uh, to the radio audience we had to let you go but we're still here on Streamyard. if you guys got to go you know let me know because i do this all day but john oh. can you speak to that fear a little bit yeah yeah I, I got a few minutes left so let me talk about this it's like 
do we truly trust God or do we not trust God? So if we serve a God that has created everything, that owns everything, and that is in control, and now he lives inside of us, it's like, do we trust him enough that we're going to say, hey, God, I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to let you work. But the Bible also tells us that you're going to know my faith by my work. So because I give it to God means that I am now going to work as hard as I can to trust God for what he's called me to do. And I always tell people that I just keep doing things because I'm too dumb to know that I can't do them. It's like, it's like, it's like, it, it almost comes to a point with like, they're like, why'd you make that connection or why'd you talk to, I'm like, nobody told me I couldn't. So I'm going to do it until somebody tells me no. And so right. it's like, like if, if we trust God and we let him sustain us, it, it becomes this thing of, I don't have to worry about it because I put it in God's hands. So now all my work that I'm doing to show my faith that I've already given it to God. So, so I, the, the work that I'm doing is a bonus as I'm w- holding it like this here, God, take it. I'm going to work my butt off, but I'm trusting you to make it happen. And so yeah. when we spend time in prayer and we spend time with other believers and I am, you've heard me say it before, I'm a huge proponent on wise counsel. And so yeah. you, even when we're talking about who you bring your songs to or who edit, it's like, only, only surround yourself with people that you know have your benefit in mind that are going to speak into you for the right things and not just because they want a piece of what you have going on. And it's like when you start to do that, it's like you have a multitude of wise counselors around you. You have people that support you. You have people that care about you as a person and not just you as a business project. And it's, and it's, it's really cool yeah. when, when we start to take the Bible as a whole. And so now we trust God. But we don't just stop there. We do all the other principles that he laid out. Like we have believers around us. We're part of a community. We have wise counsel. We have people that we can run to. We have people that we can, you know, have in a long day. We can cry on their shoulder. It's like we have now we now we start to become a believer set in the community that God has us to be in. It's hard and for so, fear to come in that. If that's a lot going on, it's hard for fear to probably come in. That. I think one of the things about fear is that we try to we we try to stay in our head uh the album's called the dreamer um and it's easy for that to get stuck in your head and not actually bring it out so i would love for you to talk to those dreamers mm-hmm. and tell them you know you know and explain to them you know that they're, they're they, they can manifest it uh not in the new agey i i, I know they're like oh, you said dreamer that's new agey gosh <laughs> <laughs> people Oh, we I love old people, but sometimes it's like, yeah, get back, Woo! Get, back. <laughs> get off my lawn. Yeah, <laughs> you said dreamer. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's so funny. Well, I mean, really and truly, if you wanted to go that direction, there's a lot of instances in the Bible of, of dreaming, but anyway, that's another, that's another. Oh, no, we can do it, but uh, I don't. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, one of my little favorite, I guess, mantras that I say a lot is um, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you respond. So we all know what it's like to have dreams and be disappointed. So when you face that disappointment, whether it's with a dream or just in life, just, just anything, are you going to use that as an excuse to, to become a victim, to, um, to, to say, well, I tried it once. Uh, I must not, I must not be good. I must not mean anything. Or are you going to say, okay, 
I need to take a step back and reevaluate and overcome this. And that is definitely the, in my opinion, the answer God wants us to do is to keep going, to use, to use that disappointment, to use that failure to propel us to something new or something better. Or maybe we need to work a little harder. It's not a, it's not an excuse to, to give up and, and stop dreaming. If that, if that makes sense. Because um, we all, I mean, my goodness, you just have to turn on the news to see people victimizing themselves. Everybody's a victim. Everybody's offended. And and really, is that your uh, is that how you want to live? Yeah. Is that how you want to live your life? Being taking everything personally because it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. All right, John, John keeps. I feel like John's keep trying to find people to replace me on the radio show. <laughs> I told you she's just, good. I I told dude, you she's good. She said everybody's <laughs> like, you. That's like how I talk. Like, really? Because yeah. I'm just like, oh God, get me out of here! And like everybody's looking crazy to me. Like everyone really <laughs> wants to be a victim. And I'm gonna say something that's totally off the wall, but it's me, so it's normal to talk. This is how I talk, but. I, I asked this this uh, this my, a college professor of mine uh, in Bible college uh, because I'm astute. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I asked this guy. I said, uh, "I said this was I was being dead serious." I said, "Why does bad things happen to godly people? Like it, that, like, you know how much bad promo that is. Like yeah. I would be like, you know, if I didn't know the word of God, I'm like." God really needs to hire a better PR team. You know what I mean? Because it's so bad. You know what I mean? And and the the teacher said to me some mind blowing stuff. He said, "Duke, why does anything good happen? This is a fallen world. This is a broken creation. Sin, the wages of sin is death. It's like we need to celebrate every time something good happens." Because God could have just let it go. And every day is an extension of his goodness and grace, even when things don't work out. And I'm sitting here just like, I'm like this big at that point because yeah. like I, 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 you know, I was going through a bad day and it was like, why the bad? I think I got a ticket for something stupid, like doing 90 and a 35 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Something I deserved. I was mad about something I deserved. Like, ah, all the people doing 90, I get the ticket. You know, it's like, yeah. But, but, and I, and I remember thinking, like, it just, it just changed everything. And I think that, that definitely made me extremely annoyingly jovial. Uh, because, did I just say annoyingly jovial? You guys made me smart. It's the liberty thing. It's the liberty. <laughs> I never say a, a jovial. I don't, I don't know how to spell jovial. Yeah. This is awesome. Get on the, I get on, I get on the, the show with John, and then all of a sudden I'm all presidential and jovial. Bring out the best of me, man. Like, so, and that thing was in there. Jovial was in there somewhere. It's amazing. Anyway, the point is, is that like sometimes I think we forget what world we live in. Like, I don't ever want you to forget this. You know, uh, Julie, is that what you are doing is creating sounds of life and joy and beauty and redemption and hope actually in a dark, broken world. Like, 
you are the contrast of depression and loneliness and like you become this light uh and i just want to let you know that so if any ever thoughts or you know of like i'm not good it's like no this is a broken world and you despite all of that madness i think you triggered me when you said when you look at the news because it's bad <laughs> it, it, it will make the, the news i'm not gonna lie it will make you not want to leave your yard Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and when I think about, I, I just put it all in perspective what both of you guys are doing, and you guys are part of this amazing army of light that people who legitimately would not have the strength to step out of the door can listen to what you guys are doing and take that step forward into clear warfare and be okay with that so for that i want to say thank you so much for being brave enough to to dream well thank you for that um yeah thank you for that that was very kind and i think to to add to that if you know people are are listening i think one of the reasons i can i can speak into the joy and everything now is because it's a choice i mean i've i've struggled with depression and with anxiety and feeling like i'm not good enough and i have to be really careful because little things can trigger me back to those places in the most unexpected ways. And I, I, I have to have my mind clear to, to choose to believe what God said about me, not to let my feelings um, you know, dictate how I, how I respond, how I feel about myself, but to, to, to make the choice to, to believe what God says. Does that, does that make sense? Because if you yeah. just feel feeling, you're going to feel differently. You know, if you're hungry, you'll feel different than you did when you were, you know, woke up that morning. So um, just, I, I'm a big, I'm a big, 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 big fan because I've seen it in my life about that doing things with intention and, um, and, and trying to take a, a step back and see the bigger picture, not make it about yourself, not, not do any, anything that gives you an excuse um to not be your full self that that god created you to be and that's like i said that's a that's a lesson i learn every day and it's one i've had to learn the hard ways at times but i I see that i see both sides i've been low and i and i've been i've been where i am now which i think is in a good place and i would rather be in this good place i don't want to be low how do i stay here and you know i have the tools that's what i want to impress upon other people through the music like you can do this you have it everything you need to, to, to find your contentment, to find happiness is within you. So you just have to believe that that's what God has for you. And, and like you said before, manifest it. And that's what, that's what will come out. Man, you guys are amazing. John, I know you got to go preach to 10,000 people right now. So it's like, it's it's like, what are you doing this morning? Uh, going to preach to 10,000 people. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. No, complicated. Convocation oh. starts at ten thirty, so we have oh, okay. we have yeah, we have yeah. the large room gathering. That's awesome. yeah, greatness is my norm, John says. I'm sending you that T-shirt. Greatness is my norm. Just, just what uh, I do. I'll send hey, you the jovial pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot I said it. Jovial. <laughs> uh, well, thanks um, so much, Duke. Seriously. I, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, this has been really fun. I appreciate it. You're a lot of fun. I feel like we're definitely like like minded, and we could talk all day. But yeah, oh, thank no, you so much for your support. You guys are amazing. Guys, tell everybody how to con- contact you. 
So, um, so my last name, you know, we've been talking about it, Julie Elias. It's E-L-I-A-S. So if you just Google that, you know, you'll come up with a bunch of stuff. I'm on Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify. My website's julieeliasmusic.com. I just redid it, and I think it's really pretty if you want, like, hard copy um, of anything. Because there's, there's still some people with CD players, you know. Uh, and I've got some cute T-shirts, and that's also how you can contact me. There's a contact form. Like I said, I read my DMs, so... Um, you know, stay in touch. I want to hear what you think about this music. I want to hear your stories. If you listen to the song, what, what God was telling you, what it made you think of, because that's, that's why I do it is to, to be connected with people. And I'm, I'm so blessed to do it in a medium that I love so much, which is music. Well, everyone, we are going to be playing Julia Elias on current FM. So make sure you call in and say, Hey, I want to check out that song dreamer. I want to know about Julia Elias. Uh, we're going to be playing it and letting you guys get to hear it uh, and hear her song Dreamers. So I want you guys to be tuning in. If you're worldwide listening, is to make sure, well, if you're worldwide listening, you already know the website. But anyways, if you're listening by radio, it's 88.5 FM, or no, it's currentfm.com. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, it's 88.5 FM, which just happened. 97.9, 103.7. Oh my gosh. All right, so I got to get John out of here before he starts fussing at me. I love you guys. Be good to each other out Thank there. You. All right? Thank, Thank you, Julie. Thank you, dude. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.